Welcome to Two Cents FC. I'm your host, Amovio Kugo, back with my guy L. Each week we'll be discussing topics from around the world. I'll be giving my thoughts from the perspective of a pro soccer player. This week we'll be discussing NWSL's big week, MLS expansion, news from around Europe. Uh, we brought a fan, friend of the family again back on the show, Maggie and Tim. If you guys haven't checked back on past episodes, we had her on. Um, amazing woman in sports business doing amazing things. Uh, we definitely wanted to get her take on some topics that we're discussing again. Um, so make sure you guys tune in. L, uh, let's get through these topics. Uh, start us off. All right, cool. So big week at NWSL. We got the Challenge Cup final uh, with the Chicago Red Stars facing off against the Houston Dash. So I want to get you guys' predictions on that. Who do you think will take home the cup? Matt, you want to take it first or what? Um, man. Because I'm biased two, when it comes to this. These are two of my favorite teams. Um, in, initially, I had predicted North Carolina to face off against either Houston or they were going to face off against Chicago. So either way, I had pretty much like those three teams, but I had Houston and Chicago in. And now that they're playing each other, Man, it's it's gonna be a really good match. I feel like they're both gonna bring it. They're gonna bring something special, something that we've probably never seen before. And in the end, I think Chicago might end up taking it. Honestly, okay, fair but enough. But I love yeah. Houston. But yeah. I, I just something's telling me Chicago might do it. Yeah, I, I like your I like your answer because I mean Chicago's gotten close like the past couple years, like whether it's semis or finals or whatever. Um, they got a lot of star talent. I feel like a lot of talent from Chicago will go to like another team and like even like mm. even even get better. Like they're like a good feeder system almost. Uh, so for them to finally like get to this pinnacle again. Uh, but I think I'm biased. You know, one of my homies, Jamia, uh, is on Houston, so I gotta I gotta yeah, rock out with them. Her. And she's killing it. She got next yeah, up. They dope too. Rachel Daly is a problem. Yeah. She, so oh, she's serious. Yeah. Yeah, so that's why I'm like, it's it's definitely gonna be a great game for sure. It's gonna be a great game for sure. And I, I really like how you know it's not the typical like North Carolina, Portland. You know, now you're gonna get get yeah. to see you know more the more ladies. Yeah, exactly. Yep. The underdogs, more ladies doing doing work. Um, maybe not like the the top top um, ladies that we're used to seeing. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So if you were betting, you you put in you put in money on Chicago. Man, you know, thank God I'm not, big now. I know, thank God I'm not betting because I almost did with North Carolina. I'm so happy I didn't because whew, that would have been real bad. Um, that's the thing. It's like they're both good teams and I like both of them, which is why I'm probably going to be cheering for both and I'm going to probably have a spark <laughs> for each. But I just feel like Chicago, watching both of those semifinals games yesterday, it was like, if you remember the first game, it was good. Uh -huh. Carolina bought it. They won. First half of the tournament, there were some okay matches. But when you hit the knockout round, it was like you were shocked because you were seeing the underdogs really coming up. Yeah. Then you saw you watched both matches yesterday, semifinals, and it was like, yo, I'm going to give the fans what they really want. And that's that energy coming from Houston and then the energy coming from Chicago, that's what we're going to see on Sunday. Yeah. But it might be even more because they both know something's on the line. So it's like, we didn't come here to 
BS. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I feel like it's going to be really good. But I feel like with Chicago, they're going to bring it. And if you notice, like, my girl KP Short is out. But to see what they've done without her lets you know, like. Yeah, they, they came here to play. Respect. They're going to bring it. They're going to bring it. Yeah, don't forget Shea Groom, too. Shea Groom is a baller. That's yeah, that's true. Nah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> I think there's a lot of talent, man. There's a lot of talent. <laughs> Both sides, but Coach Rory, he's he's too ill with it. He he knows what he's doing. Okay. Chicago. <laughs> Chicago. All right. I'm going to go with Houston with a shocker. Yeah. Of course. Of course he's going to go with, with Houston. All right. <laughs> L always going against me, you know. That's lucky facts. Because I'm not a fan of Atlanta United. I mean, they're a great you know, team, but. It's all love. It's all love. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Just for that, right. I'm definitely saying Chicago. <laughs> okay. 3-1. We're going to have to check okay. back. When's the game? When's the, when's the final? Sunday. Okay, yeah. We're going to have to Sunday. check back. And it, and it, and it actually is going to be on CBS, so. CBS didn't miss the mark on that. They yeah. missed the mark yesterday, but they're they not going to miss the mark on that one. So we might have, we might have to have you guest live tweeting or something. Something, something. But I'm looking forward to it. Yep. All right, no doubt. So the NWSL has been growing, it's been blowing up. So we got two new teams coming in, um, Racing Louisville FC. So the, the Louisville expansion team recently um, announced their name in Crest. Um, racing Louisville FC is kind of a nod to the racing heritage of the city, you know, the Kentucky Derby, stuff like that. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on the name? What are, thoughts, what are your thoughts on the colors, the logo, everything? For me, I think it's it's perfect, right? Because when you talk about racing, um, I had the chance to attend a Kentucky Derby about two years ago on a work trip, and the energy of of you know the state of Kentucky and just the fans how they're just they're really sports fans because obviously when you look from the college level right with, with University of Kentucky um, Louisville it's like they're huge sports fans so I think with the racing name I like it it's something different I would hope that the players that they're recruiting for racing Louisville owns up to the name so if we're talking about racing which means I'm thinking of speed I'm thinking of these women who have speed to them, and it's like everything fits. Um, design, amazing. On point. I'm, I'm loving the color scheme. I'm not even really a purple kind of girl, but that, like the merch from that, I'm looking forward to that. Like I would definitely rock that. So I love it. I think the logo design is dope. I think the name is dope. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing a lot more coming from them. You know, the Matt Wolf creation. Shout out to Matt yes. Wolf. Yeah, Killing that him. that boy Matt Wolf, he like one of them like uh like rap producers when it comes Listen, to his, Matt, his, Matt his designs. Homie, man. He Matt don't miss. <laughs> he now, don't miss. Let me tell you something. Twenty eighteen World Cup, I had so much gear just because of him. And <laughs> Matt is like legendary. Legendary. Let me find out you got the plug, Maggie. Like I said, he's a young legend. The, the Nike squad, period. That whole design team is they're they're dope. So I'm curious to see even how what the kits are going to look like. And if, you know, you, you never know. We may see something different, right, from the rest yeah. of the kits. So I'm curious to see that. But that design with Matt is phenomenal. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan. I, I really think uh, how they paid homage to the community, like Louisville, you know, you got Muhammad Ali, you got the baseball heritage with the Louisville Sluggers. Um, you got the Kentucky Derby, obviously, with, with the name Racing Club. 
And then you have like the tie-in with uh, obviously the USL men's team. Um, so they didn't like just like transfer over what the men's were doing. They like created their own brand around it. I think that's really oh, important. Goodness. Exactly. Okay. And, um, it, and it's, it, it's unique in the sense of like, it fits their community. It's not like standard, like, all right, we're doing a soccer team. It has to be SC, FC or soccer club, whatever. It's Louisville. This is our community. We're going to get players that fit our identity, our community. And uh, hopefully they create like a winning product on the field because as we all know, Louisville is a historic sports community and that that's what they're going to be expecting. Absolutely. Oh. I'm, I'm really interested. They got the like, so they got the soccer specific stadium. They stadium got all that. Amazing too. Yeah. Like I can't, I can't wait to watch some uh, games in there for sure. Yeah, it's, it's just. I, th- I think the one area we're gonna also have to pay attention to with them is. Um, so I don't know if you guys know within the NWSL they have the expansion draft, and that's where uh, that um, expansion team is allowed to kind of draft a few players that they want that are currently playing, whether that's I'm almost certain they'll recruit some women from MC Courage, Thorns, you know, all these different teams, yeah. and they get to select a certain amount. And then with the collegiate draft, which is ha- going to happen January 2021, um, TBD, because depending on COVID or whatnot, um, they're also going to have a few picks, and they're also going to get first dibs on the first uh, draft pick. So they get the lottery pick. And if it goes according to plan, that's going to be a hell of a pick. And that's yeah. going to and that's gonna set it off real good for their team. Um, I, I think if they're looking for someone right now, I would probably go after like a Jessica McDonald and, and have her kind of lead the way. Um, she's been in it long enough. And yeah, you can kind of build around her or build around other few people. And, and we'll see what's happening because they also interviewing coaches and stuff as well. So that's going to be something to keep your, your ears open for to see like who do who who are they hiring as the coach? Are they going to hire a woman? Are they going to hire a male? Are they going to hire someone that's European? Are they going to hire someone that's American? So it's it's a lot that's going to happen with that team, and it's exciting. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what what see see what they do. Yep, definitely. Yep, and there's also another team announced um, this week uh, out in LA. They're going by the name of Angel City. Um, and their formal name and crest will be announced later, but as of right now, they, they're dubbed Angel City. Um, and what's dope about this franchise is that they're a majority woman-owned. So Natalie Portman, Serena Williams, Mia Hamm, Abby Wambach, Eva Longoria, you got some big names in the ownership group, um, including the youngest pro sports team owner, Alexis Olympia Ohanian Jr., who is you know the daughter of Serena Williams and um, Alexis Ohanian Sr., She's only two years old, and her parents already alley ooped her into some team ownership. So that's that's that's, that's how you do it, right there. Historic, historic. Yeah. Yep. That's generational that's, wealth, right there. That's a great example. Um, can, can you guys explain that to me though? Because I I gotta play devil's advocate here. Um, from the owner from the ownership perspective, don't you automatically, if you have like an estate or a trust, it automatically goes to technically your kids, right? Not necessarily. Unless you it, like, it really depends on. Okay. Yeah, it depends on, like, if you have a will and what's left okay. in there. It depends on who's your power of attorney. Because sometimes, for some men, the wife could be the power of attorney. But it yeah, doesn't necessarily mean that thinking. all the kids get it. Because say you had five children and you had three with her and you had two yeah. with somebody else. 
Respect. Her three will probably get dipped. Yeah. And depending on whether she likes the other kids, they may get something, they may not. Might end, so, up, end, um, up, end up like a Lifetime movie or something. Absolutely. Okay. For real. But I think to have Alexis, she is now the youngest pro sports of a professional team owner. Yeah, the youngest. Yeah, Game changing. Um, I think they set it up lovely. Lovely. And that ownership group is, is powerful, man. You have you have Hollywood, you know, execs in there. You have media execs. You have um, the COO of Netflix, who's a part of that ownership group. You have, obviously, like you mentioned, um, you know, Eva Longoria, Serena Williams, uh, Mia Hamm. You have amazing women like Angela um, Kukas, who is also like a former player. And she's, when I first saw the list, her name besides Serena automatically stood out to me because as a black woman to have ownership in that and be a former uh, player within the soccer space is amazing. And she's also into like real estate and all these different things. So um, it's an amazing group. It's a large group, but it's, it's good. I think it's good. Now, Moby, you had something to say about this in the tweets um, <laughs> about, about these large ownership groups, these large celebrity led ownership groups. Um, so what, what was your what was your take on that? Oh, so my take was on people getting into ownership. Um, we're gonna talk on that. We're gonna talk on that later. But for me, this 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 situation is big time. You know, because like you have how many professional sports teams in LA for them not to have a woman uh, women's organization um, until now it's it's a long time coming. So I know agents like you, Maggie, your phones are gonna be ringing. Um, people like, uh, can you get me to LA? Like. <laughs> before it even happened i'm like listen there's a tweet and there's information that's about to come out because i knew yeah. the day before and i'm like there's information coming out stay tuned <laughs> and then so. they were like what is it i'm like just stay tuned and it involves la that's all i'm saying yeah and then next thing you know once it went out it was going off females were like you know anything about this you know anybody yeah. over there so i called up who i knew um so angela her kids and a good friend um and you know alexis as well uh, we, we share a mutual business partner. So it was kind of easy to make the call to be like, hey, so what's going on? Have you already yeah. signed a player? Have you already got a coach? Who you got? Yeah. I got this person, that person, that person, that person. So people were reaching out and I was like, dang. And that's why if you guys saw my tweet, I'm like, players about to put in transfer requests ASAP because yeah, it's already happening. like, I don't care if this is happening in 2022. This is what I want. You not, And you probably even have college seniors who are probably asking for like to become a red shirt senior just so <laughs> just to they make could, sure. like position it to where like oh yeah forget it i don't want to go in a 2021 draft i want to go in 2022 draft so i could possibly be drafted to la so there's a lot of good perks to that yeah. a lot of good advantages because the the california community and i'm over you might know this being a player when it comes to soccer but especially on the collegiate level and just even the academy level just the women alone is some of the baddest women yeah. in the game of soccer on the field. They're yeah. no joke. So that whole Pac-12 connection with those schools like USC, UCLA. In fact, I, I, I think UCLA is involved in it as well. They have um, to be. Their head yeah. coach, he is they involved. So, you know, but um, yeah, it's, it's good. It's cool. In this case, it's cool. Yeah. But I was curious about your take on it, Amobi. Why okay, you felt, yeah, yeah. So here you we know, go. You yeah. were, you were so, very vocal on Twitter, and I was so like, before you know, let's discuss because I'm curious. Yeah, Amobi, before you go. And L, thank you for putting this together to have me back on the show. So we Most can definitely. discuss. 
So before you go, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna read the original tweet from the homie Nigerian scan. Yeah. Um, uh oh. <laughs> he, he sent he sent out a tweet that says the growth of soccer in America has me thinking about how many people are starting to put money behind these teams and what does it actually mean. He says, um, hell, even Jay Z and Rock Nation have been signing players and they just did something with AC Milan. It makes me wonder: is it clout or do they actually care for the growth of the sport? And so that's when you guys started to. Uh, then you said, "Let's yep. discuss." And then Amobi, yep. you know, retweeted, "They got plenty of time for this discussion." So <laughs> let's discuss. Perfect. Because I have, I have <laughs> mixed views on it. I couldn't. Yeah. Agree. Shout out, shout out to um, Nigerian scams too. That's that's family as well. Um, for me, and Amobi, you might agree. I I have mixed views because in the LA ownership case. The former, the former soccer players, Alexis, Serena, maybe one or two from Netflix, are into the game. No. I can't speak for, really, I can't speak for any of them, but I can't speak for the rest of the ownership group. I think if we are talking about Jay Z, Rock Nation, and all of that, that's a whole nother conversation. Um, but that's a Puma question right there. I do have that <laughs> question too, right? Like, I do have that question: that are they really into the game? Is it really because they're fans of it and they want to see things happen? I know Alexis is because I found the tweet that he previously tweeted a year ago, stating about investing investing more into women's sports and how can he become an owner and it's crazy how a year later this is where we are and that's the power of like Many manifestation talks. you know what yeah, I'm saying yeah and, money. and also too he's passionate because look at who he's married to yeah. he's married to one of the greatest athletes of all time so someone who's so big on women's sports so it's interesting like I wish a time like this that Kobe was still here man because I know that he would have definitely been a part of it and probably would have brought even more people that we couldn't even think of yeah. that were that had that true love for the game, you know? I mean, I even wish, like, if it were me, I would have tried to talk to Vanessa and try to still have even the Mamba Foundation or something like that involved in it to still kind of carry on the legacy. But that's just me, I'm just saying. But I do have mixed feelings about players. Um, I mean, not so much players, but, like, the former players, I think they're they're in it. Like I said, the previous names I mentioned, they're in it. I just can't say that about everyone because yeah. we don't know if they're in it to be in it or, like Scam said, if they're in it for clout. I'm curious to hear you guys take on it. Yeah. Here we go. Here we go. I hope you guys got time. So for Uh-oh. me, for me personally, like if you just like follow the trends, obviously soccer is the number one youth sport. And when it comes to like having getting hold of that Gen Z demographic, that millennial de- demographic as they get older, Soccer is going to be that sport. And if you look at the timeline over the course of the next 10 years, World Cup's coming to the States. You got Olympics. You got, you know, the growth of soccer from a professional standpoint, uh, USL, NWSL, MLS, uh, NPSL, all these leagues. Um, Globally, you know, when it comes to NFL, NBA, um, they've kind of, I don't want to say they've reached their, their, their growth potential, but soccer is just starting like TV deals in Europe. You see, obviously Maggie, you can speak on this more, but there's private equity firms, VC firms constantly looking for deals on a global level. So these own, uh, sorry, these 
player owners, these uh, um, actors and uh, celebrity owners, they can't get into some of these NFL, NBA deals. There's too much money. And not to count anyone's pockets, but like that's that's big money. So when you can come in on a large cap table with a lot of people, um, they're more lenient when it comes to ownership. And you can say you're like the ownership, you're owner, owning a sports team. It doesn't matter what level it is. Like to say you own a sports team, it's like uh, in billions. Like that's like, that's like elite, sure. that's elite wealth. When you like, yeah, yeah I, I'm part of an ownership franchise. Like, so this is their way to get into that. And then soccer from soccer culture as FIFA and like Jersey culture, scarf culture, um, there's nothing like it compared to other sports. So I think it's, it's, a, it's a cool way for them to say, um, they're, they're involved, you know, they're making big moves. Um, and it's like from a, from a futuristic standpoint, in terms of like ROI on investment, uh, you're able to get in at a lower price and potentially see large returns. Um, like I mentioned, with World Cup coming, more leagues coming, um, the, the real estate plays around some of these stadiums, soccer specific stadiums that they're building. Um, there's, yeah, we, cause we can go on and on. There's a lot of different moves that are being made like not even just from like soccer specific, but like like obviously with COVID, there's been some hits taken, but the multi-complex commercial real estate plays surrounding areas, um, it's, it's, there's a lot to talk about, but like from the youth standpoint, like to be able to capture that market, um, there's nothing, there's no other sport, no other investment that can get you um, those immediate eyeballs, so. That's that's my take on it. Uh, we can we could definitely dive in further, but that's the the quick overview. Yeah, I agree with Obi. I think it's that low low barrier to entry, um, especially with it with it growing. So the the ceiling is higher out here in America. Um, getting into these franchises, getting the NWSL, MLS, um, and you're seeing the um, the return on investment. So like these teams, like these new teams that are coming in and then getting private equity into them and immediately shooting the values up like exponentially, like just for MLS franchises, it's, it's crazy. So people are saying like, this is a good a good vehicle to put my money into. So yeah, I definitely think that's a, and to your, to your point, um, Maggie as well, it's, it's a balance. So like you have, you have the purists in there, but you also have, you know, the straight investors in there as well. Um, I don't know if anybody is chasing clout per se, but I feel like there are people who actually are passionate about the game and want to own a team. And then there's the, the people who maybe have a little bit more money who are looking at it as a pure investment play. So it's a combination of both that kind of helping prop the thing up. Yeah, I know some people that have like invested in certain sports just because they're like kids play. They're like, oh yeah, I never, yep. I never, I didn't even like that sport, but my kids play and they love it. So yeah, Arthur, yeah. Arthur Blank. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, and they and they see it and now they're exposed I, to it and love it. I mean, I couldn't agree more mm -hmm. with with what you both said, right? And I think, um, like for me, when people ask me, okay, so you're an agent, Maggie, you're a CEO, you have your agency, your company. What's your like end goal? The end goal for me is to be an owner, to mm -hmm. own, you know, several. If I could own more than one soccer team or at least more than one um, sporting team within at least the five major sports, absolutely. That's going to take some time, but <laughs> that's, that, like, that's the goal, right? But yeah. it's, it, what it showed me was that it's doable, especially with women's league. And being a woman, it's, it's like, oh, my gosh, this is, this is everything. But then it also made me think about a lot of things like 
obviously there's a big difference in ownership um, from the National Women's League here in America versus like the Women's um, Super League in England. Yeah. And when you look at the owners of that, that's where you're talking about the billions because some of those owners are like the same owners of Chelsea Football Club or, or obviously City Football Group, you know, things like that. So the ownership is structure is different. Um, it also made me think too, I'm like, damn, there's so many investors for one team that I wonder if the idea ever occurred to say, do we all just go in on this team? Or how about we work with the league and actually make the investment into the league? Because from the league side, LA is the hottest team now. And it's not even, it hasn't even kicked off yet. Yeah, It was just, the, it was just an announcement. But the amount of funding and what's going to go into the LA squad alone some of that, I wonder if there's a way to transfer some of that funding to the league. Because if I'm the league, you know, they only have but so many stacks. They only have but so many deals, and those deals are not even, like, guaranteed, right? Those yeah. partnership deals. It's not a 10-year deal like most of these the, uh, broadcasting deals that we may see with the NFL or even the NBA. So I'm, I'm wondering if, if that's a discussion. It probably, it probably is. Um, and then I also think about some of the other leagues like USL. Can USL have something like that in the future where there could be a club that has, you know, not that many people, but whether it's five to six, you know, heavy hitters to kind of come in. And we're seeing that with certain players or former players that are able to kind of get in on the USL side and invest, which I think is amazing. And I think those are all things that it's, it's, it helps because when you're a former player, um, and you're no longer playing, and let's say if your desire is to be a coach or be a sporting director or possibly be an owner of a team, I feel like players should definitely have that opportunity to do that. So it's exciting to see the former players that are a part of it. Um, shout out to Mia Hamm, too, because Mia Hamm is also have ownership in um, LAFC. Yeah. So she just set around. history. She just she just set history Getting right it. there by having ownership in LAFC and this new LA team. Like, yeah, that's 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 dope. I think that's dope. Um, yeah. I, I think even Eva Longoria is another dope investment. And if I'm her, I would play it a little bit interesting because I think maybe if we get into this topic when we talk about expansion teams, I'm gonna tell you why. For somebody like Eva, I would play this card even. Um, but we'll get into that when we get into the expansion. Okay. So let's go ahead and get into it. Um, <laughs> so we have with Ellie and Louisville coming into the league soon. Um, what other markets do you think would be good for propping up the league? What other markets are missing um, in, in WSL? And what, what teams do you think are next? I know, I know Sacramento has been in talks to add a team. Yeah. Um, Sac Town. And Moby, you should get into yeah. that. Yeah, I'm going I'm to I'm try to make some moves out there. <laughs> For sure. I think, um, yeah, Sacramento is going to be good. If I'm them, I would try to get, like, Moby, owner of Sacramento Kings. He's super dope, big, um, huge within sports. Also, maybe tying that connection to India and, and women, um, because in India, they're trying to also, you know, really, really increase uh, women's football there. So uh, that's just my thinking cap or business cap, like, there's a lot of different ways to tie that in. So Sacramento, we know about. For me, I feel the next place should be um, Toronto. Ooh, I, say, I say Toronto. I like that. I say Toronto. I say Austin. 
I say Atlanta and maybe New Mexico. So from the Toronto standpoint, and if you don't want to see, if they, if they don't want to do Toronto, they could do Vancouver. But the women coming out of Canada, you can just look at the Canada national women's team. Heavy hitters. Look at NWSL, how many of those top players are from Canada. Mm-hmm. In Toronto, they've tried to bring a WNBA team, and unfortunately that didn't work. They didn't really have the support of the city. But you're telling me if you get National Women's Soccer League says, okay, we're bringing a team to Toronto. You got guys like Drake that would definitely put some money up behind it. You have guys like The Weeknd that will put some money up behind it. You have so many people from Canada even that would put money behind it. I think um, I saw a tweet. Was it William? What's the actor's name? Uh, um, Will I am or someone else? No, no. William <laughs> Sh- Shatner. Shatner. William Shatner. Older gentleman. If you see his face, you know who I'm talking about. He he retweeted Alexis' tweet talking about like it's like I'm with you. I stand with you. He's Canadian. You don't think the idea is popping through his head now to say, hey, I could invest in a women's team or let me talk to Alexis or some of these other owners who are part of these teams on that process and what that looks like. But I say Toronto, the amount of support that they would get, not just from an investment side, but from the player side, you'd have so many women that they come to the U.S. to go to school. Now the option is, I'm going to go back home because I want to play pro back home in mm-hmm. my country. I want to play back, I want to play pro in my city. If they're playing in Europe, oh, I want to transfer to go back home and play. It means everything to me to play you know, home, I mean, I'm over, you can relate to this as an athlete, like, right, the opportunity to play yeah. in your hometown and what that feels like, so I, I say Toronto should be number one, um, Vancouver is like a second choice, but Toronto should be number one, and probably after Toronto, I'd say the focus should be on Austin, Atlanta, you could probably do that play where it's like the sister um, team to Atlanta United, so maybe Arthur Blank's coming in there, and Getting involved in that, possibly. Um, yeah, there's been I discussion. Say, I would say Toronto and uh, Austin, those are the top two. And then also, even with Atlanta, you got the, the, the um, I'm sorry, you got the UGA plug too, you know, from the university. So it's just thinking about all of those things from the recruitment side too would be awesome. Um, but yeah, those are my top two. I would say oh. Toronto and then Austin. Okay, yeah, that's I like that list. Uh, for me, um, obviously LA just announced the team, but I'm adding another LA team there or San Diego, like, because so many people are going to want to come to LA, but there's like, if you, if you know, like youth women's sports, LA South SoCal is a Mecca. Like you got so much talent coming out of there. And then like from a, you know, being close to, you know, Mexico and like, just like the cultural thing, like cultural place you could play. Um, I'd add another team to LA. Um, another play, uh, because Colorado's a factory of women talent, uh, you got to have something in Denver. So you got to have a you got to have a women's team. I in didn't Denver. think about that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so you got to have a women's team in Denver. Um, if I'm a if I'm like if like you're able to start making money off transfer windows or something, I'm putting a team in Denver and like just shipping them out Europe wherever. Um, NorCal got to have NorCal presence. Obviously, Sacramento's having a team, but like Bay Area, they definitely need to have a squad. 
Um, besides that, I really like the Atlanta play. Um, I think um, just from the culture standpoint, I think they definitely need to have a squad. And then obviously uh, Miami. If you can make Miami work, uh, it might be difficult, but I feel like if you can make Miami work, uh, or, or Orlando make a little <laughs> rivalry with Orlando, um, a lot of talent, a lot of talent, um, not even just from like uh, the South American talent, um, but you got the Caribbean talent, a lot of a lot of ladies out there doing work um, true. in the Miami true, area. True, true. So Damn, my, you know, my five. Someone got to give me the GM too. title, man. Detroit, too. I oh, yeah, Detroit, too. Detroit. Detroit, I don't know what they would do with the nasty Detroit. Like, the, the Detroit will come with it. Like, they... Yeah, I like that. I like that yeah. play. Because because we're also looking at the inner cities, right? And you have these kids who are, like, a beast. Amazing. So, imagine pulling a couple of girls from there. Like, yeah, that would be good. And I think um, Denver is good. I know with Colorado, they have a team already, but it's not in Denver, so... Yeah, Denver. Yeah, yeah, I think that would be a good look too. Someone told me about Vegas, but uh, I actually it's heard too damn hot. about that. I it's heard too damn that. hot in Vegas for me, so I don't know. L, yeah. what's your take? But with see, we got we got stars looking to move over to Europe. Man, we got Sam Mewis. We got um, who's the other one you mentioned? Uh, the possibility uh, that Rose Lavelle. Yeah, Rose Lavelle. Yeah, and Rose Lavelle. They, they're, they're looking at Europe right now. So that's that's another reason why NWSL needs big markets so that they can retain their talent. I'm saying so I, I, so I see what you're saying about the hotbeds for like recruitment, mm-hmm. but the league needs actual big markets to kind of like grow. Mm-hmm. So I see Atlanta being next. Um, Toronto's a possibility. Miami. Um, it's definitely on the list, but after Sacramento comes in, I feel like Atlanta is probably going to be the next one in. Um, Darren Hills. Yeah, Darren Hills has already kind of like floated the idea. They've been in, been talking and, and investigating the possibilities. They they were not committal, but like I feel like they were watching to see um, with the movies. I see like once this LA thing came in, like I feel like, all right, now it's time to hit the green light. They, they bought a bunch of land like last year. Um, to expand your training ground. So potential space for a women's team. Um, so I, I, I know, I know a women's team is in group? the plans. And have no, they'll probably, it'll, it'll probably be under, it'll probably be under Atlanta United's um, ownership yeah. group, but it'd be an NWSL team. So I know there's plans for a women's team. Um, and I feel like they're about to pull the trigger soon. Mm-hmm. And I know Atlanta's, Atlanta's fan base is already like itching to get a women's team. So like I know they'll back the team, you know, pack it out like same way they do um with Atlanta United. So I think that'll be good for the league. Yeah. Okay. I think we'll so see. too. Especially the culture, right? Like just the culture of it yeah. would be like you said, those major markets, it's good. Um I mean, yeah, Atlanta could be. It was my third choice. Um I just think Toronto. Too many Canadian women that's like in the league right now. Dope, yeah. dope. Too many. I mean, like just from the college level, the ones that are coming out of college right now, like this next, the next two to three classes, your top ten players are at least four Canadian women, all connected to the national team. Yeah, I'm just saying. I don't know, but I agree. Wait, they got to get somebody up there to push the button. 
we'll they see. better call um they better call the six gods and do that because <laughs> that, that button took i'm telling you that phone call it mark my words now don't be surprised if people start hearing about it but i think even for like the atlanta team like i know some of these guys personally like two chains his involvement with sports um he has daughters so that's going to be that's something like you know he's a sports fan but he's also into women's sports um I know for Jeezy himself, wanting to do a lot within the soccer space. So I feel like if that opportunity does arise itself and they want to do something similar to the ownership group of like what LA has, Atlanta, you, you'll definitely find people that would definitely want to jump on board and have investment in that. So okay. that's a good one. Same thing with Toronto. I think all the cities that were mentioned. Cool. So while we're on the expand on the topic of expansion, let's move over to MLS expansion. So um, MLS released a new timeline for the expansion team, pushing everything back a year uh, due to COVID. Um, so the new new schedule, Austin FC is still on track with their 2021 um, season debut. Charlotte's pushed back to 2022. St. Louis and Sacramento have been pushed back to 2023. Um, so the decision was made by. Uh, the commissioner Don Garber in conjunction with the league's expansion committee. Um, so Garber released a statement saying, we have always taken a thoughtful and strategic approach to our expansion planning and have delivered successful launches for every new club. It is important for each club to take the necessary time to launch their inaugural MLS season the way their fans and communities deserve. With the extra year to make up for what has been challenging 2020, these teams will be well positioned for their debuts and for long-term success. Um, so what are your thoughts on that? Like, is it a good decision by the league to push it back? Uh, for me, I, I mean, I, I knew this was going to happen. You know, I, I, talk, I talked to you two weeks ago. I told you something was going to happen around this L. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, I think because Charlotte kind of got in quickly, it was a good way to say, yeah, let's, let's, do, let's use this opportunity to push it back a year. Um, because Austin... Um, is going with no, with no, um, any, no changes, you know? So, and then Sac Charlotte. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sacramento and St. Louis, it's just, uh, more time to get things in order. Um, I think that's, that's kind of like a snowball effect based on, you know, Charlotte and like kind of scheduling, but I, I mean, I'm, I'm indifferent. I know probably agents and a couple of people are kind of upset with how they're trying to align things, but <laughs> but that's about it. <laughs> Matthew, you want to say um, something? I'm going to go backwards here. So we said, what, St. Louis, Sacramento, 2023. St. Louis, haven't heard too much about. I think the Sacramento play, we kind of knew that because they're trying to get things in order, but what would be dope is the same year that the men's team comes, um, the MLS team comes, the women's team comes that same year in 2023. I think that would be super dope um, to launch both teams, right? It would be crazy. Um, like I said, with St. Louis, I haven't heard too much. Um, and then when we talk about Charlotte, <laughs> Charlotte is like a special place to me. It's, it's like my second home. Um, I know a lot of the staff and team behind it, and I'm not really surprised because from the agent side, having to speak back and forth with their team about things, I noticed that certain things were not put together just yet. And it's not that they were rushing it, but I think it was better for them, I guess. I probably wouldn't have 
done the signing um, because they signed their first player, you know, Sergio Ruiz. So now the question is, he was all set to come 2021. Now you got to wait 2022. So the, the only option probably for him, or at least for them, is to loan him out. Loan him out for the year and then say, okay, you know, we'll, we'll bring him back in 2022. Um, it could be good for players, especially players from like USL, because now what that does is it gives Charlotte's scouting team, recruiting team, more time to see you play. More time to see you, like, yeah. you know, make that transition. And, and, and that's just any player from USL, Europe. It just gives them more time to really do it the right way and recruit. Um, and then just from an organizational side. From an organizational side, they can really get their stuff together. Um, I think announcing the name and all of that is great. And But it's just really getting it together. Um, and then you have Austin. I mean, Austin, they've been on their job. I'm not going to front. They've been on their job. So that's why it's like I kind of knew that they were not budging. They were not going to go wait a whole nother year because they've just been on – they've been working. Yeah. They've been working from having sporting directors, coaches hired. Like, they, they're working, signing players, even working with their academy players. So it's like I'm, I'm excited to see more coming from Austin. I'm excited to see more coming from Charlotte. I'm excited to see more from Sacramento, St. Louis, and all the expansion teams. And I guess pushing it back. Um, Obi, like you said, if you suspected it, it, it makes sense because of COVID and those things. Um, and also, too, like, even down to just making sure things were right, like picking the name for the club and, and, and those things, it's like, it's important. And I guess you just wanted to have the right time to do stuff. So I'm not mad at it, I guess. Yeah. I, I played for a couple of expansion teams, and the best expansion teams are the ones that are most prepared. So this, exactly. if, this, if this helps them then more power to them. It's going to be a better product on the field and then a more seamless process for the fans and, like, building out revenue. So, Exactly. Yeah, you could tell when teams are, like, rushed or and teams are, like, prepared mm -hmm. and yep. teams hire. Yeah. Teams and if have I'm them players, directly. if I'm them players that want to get recruited by Charlotte um, or Sacramento or any one of those clubs, you got time now. You got even more time. So you don't got to worry about this season in particular to say, oh my gosh, I may not have a chance. We have time. Yeah. Yeah, I think St. Louis is about to make an announcement sometime soon, in a couple weeks. Um, okay. I'm naming Crest. Um, I, I, I can't find a tweet, but uh, speaking of names and Crest, um, Charlotte, as we mentioned, has um, announced that now their name and Crest, they would be called the very generic Charlotte FC. Um, so there, there was a bunch of names on the list that were dope, Whoa. like Charlotte Town, Charlotte, Charlotte Athletic, but they went with Charlotte SC. Um, so let's take a look at the take a look at the crest. Um, I don't know about that generic. We think name, here, but man, I think I like it's generic. It. Honestly, I liked it. I liked it. I think you got to think long term. You got to think from a business standpoint. It worked for Chelsea. Chelsea obviously has like the same issues, you know, CFC. Um, it's it's very simple, and it was one of my top choices, so I was happy that they they chose it. it. It's honestly like it's easy on the eye. It's it's no misspelling or anything like that. And then a lot of people, because a lot of people had things to say on Twitter, so you know I had to say something. Um, and my, and my tweet was basically like people commenting on it. They probably never even stepped foot in the city of Charlotte to understand like why there's a crown there, right? And that's something that that kind of goes back to the history of, of Charlotte and, and how they're nicknamed the Queen City. And, you know, 
some people are like, oh, it could have been called Queen City this or Queen City that or SC. And I'm like, no, because maybe South Carolina may get an expansion team someday. You don't know that. But right now, this is this is Charlotte's team. But it's representing the state of North Carolina and the state of South Carolina for now until things change. I, I think the logo is, is nice. Do I think that yes, um, maybe, you know, maybe the design could have been a little bit better? Maybe, but it's the crown I like. I think it's something different. And, and the crown, I understand what it means. Um, it's cool to me. I like the color scheme. The, the blue and the black is, is cool. It works for me. Yes, yeah, so I'll, so I'll do the I'll do the marketing speak um, for the for the logo. <laughs> yeah, do that. Um, so the crown the crown represents Queen City, Queen Queen Charlotte, the city's namesake. The four spires in the crown represent the the city's four wards. Um, the logo is coin shaped, which is a nod to Charlotte being the first city to have its own brand, um, its own brand of the U.S. Mint, um, and the and the minted portion of minted in 2022 is another reference to the city's history um with the u.s mint Eh, i mean as a designer like i i know the i know the mumbo jumbo that they use and make coming up with all these meanings around things um i think i still think it's super generic i think they could have been a bit more creative with it even with the crown like the crown looks like to me i've seen that crown several places like on several like clip art sites so like I feel, I feel like they could have invested a little bit more um, into the logo. I actually like the secondary logo better, the CLTFC, like yeah. that that shape. I feel like that could have been a better primary logo, kind of like 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 flamingo in um in Brazil. Um, in Brazil. Yeah, how they had the initials as the, as the primary mm-hmm. crest. I think that would have yeah. been super dope, and it's a, it would have been something unique to MLS. No other like team has their their kind of logo and brand like that. Um, and even kind of putting that piece, like I did a little mock-up on Twitter, like even putting that piece, that COT piece, um, inside of the circle, I think would have been dope as well. And they could have put, they could have did a play on the crown, like adding the crown somewhere to that COT piece, to still keep that crown element in there. Uh, but overall, I think it's, eh, it's all right. Like you know, they could have should have brought the boy Matt Wolf in to hook it up. But I'm sure he, I'm sure he's probably booked and busy. But you know. He's done. He did NYFC. He did LAFC. Mm-hmm. You know, so he 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 understands um, branding and, and you know crest work for for MLS. So I think that's a missed opportunity there. What do y'all think? Uh, I like the minted piece. I like the minted. I like that. Um, I like the color schemes. Um, I mean, it's it's cool. It's not. It does. It doesn't like like jump at me. Carolina. You know? It doesn't jump. Carolina at me. Panthers colors. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the CLT. That's like a like a subway sandwich acronym, CLTS. But yeah, it's cool. I mean, I can rock with it. Like we'll see how they make it look on a jersey. Hopefully, Adidas gives them some freedom. That's the yeah, that's the key. Is what it's gonna look like on jerseys, what and what the team is gonna look like on the pitch. You know, that's the key thing. Um, But I think it's cool. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, so this extra year should give them. This extra year should give them an opportunity to get a good jersey out of it so they don't pull yeah. a, um, a Cincinnati situation. <laughs> yeah. Getting and a generic template jersey. There's always time to, you know, readjust the logo like uh, Louisville did. <laughs> exactly. But I, think you said that. I, I, but I don't think there was enough pushback for them to, okay. to readjust the logo. Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. But, but from a license hey, looking forward to it. it's good. It's good. I, I think it's good because you got to think about all those things too, right? Like with MLS. 
I mean, we're, we're, we're talking about a business here. We're talking about corporate. One thing about Charlotte is corporate. And one thing about the owners for this team, very corporate. So I think what it is, too, is, like, the options, right? Like, are they um, are they aware that they could have done more with this logo? Maybe not, because you have to look at the team behind the team. Yeah. <laughs> like they're not – it's not like Atlanta where it's very, you know, cultural and it's like there's a culture. But one thing about Charlotte and just Carolina in total, that Carolina blue, they bleed blue, man. So – um, it works for me. I bleed blue too, so it works for me. Well, shout so. out, shout, <laughs> hey, what's shout, shout out USL Charlotte for getting the domain though. They're gonna have to, they're gonna have to pay, they're gonna have to pay up. <laughs> that was a no good business comment. Plus. Or, or like other USL clubs possibly that has converted into the MLS side. Maybe that's a hint to tell people like it's falling into, you know. Yeah. I mean, because let's be real, there's not going to really be a point to keep independence there anyway, which is yeah. why I'm saying if if I'm Charlotte FC, I'm recruiting from independence first and then also getting some other players from other places. Yeah. Because more than likely after that, they're going to have to probably regulate them anyway. So it, it just makes the most sense to do it that way. But it's cool with me. It would be smart for them to, to kind of purchase um, Charlotte Independence and have it as their B team. It's like similar to what Atlanta does with Atlanta United too. Like they're yep. able to own players and then USL team, yeah. a good reserve yeah. team. Because they'd be more like their development team. But um, yeah. And then it's weird because they already have an academy now. So that's why I know like they're not going to do that with Independence. But at least, like I said, taking some of the players on there. I mean, I represent a few guys from there, so it would be great for them. I'm not just trying to plug them in, into it, but I'm just saying it, no, but it would be smart, right? Yeah, like, you gotta have some people have that talent, already know the you community. You have talent right there. You have talent that knows the community. The community knows them. Um, you don't have to worry about paying for, you know, all these extra fees to get them there because it's a smooth process. They're all right there. But hey, no. We'll see. We'll <laughs> see. Alright. So let's jump over to the pond. We got a couple notes from around Europe. A um, couple of little things here. So Dortmund has completed their transfer to bring Jude Bellingham over to Birmingham City. I know that's your boy, um, Maggie. Uh, so what are your what are your reactions to that? Will Jude become the next? Will he become the next Dortmund star? So salute to Jude, the family, um, amazing family. Um, shout out to Mark as well. Well, both Marks, his dad and um, agent Mark. They pretty much closed that deal so that was amazing i know they've been working on that for a while um i tried to get in on it but i was too late i guess so um <laughs> but but i love that they, they 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 did bring in my my girls um two of the top attorneys out of england um steph and liz of levita sport shout out to them for helping uh you know close that deal and get that deal done um i do feel like you know, obviously he made history being, what, the youngest 17-year-old player for that amount of money for a transfer fee. I think it really depends on what's going to happen with Sam True. If Sam True leaves, then he can possibly, Jude can become an instant star right away. Um, if not, it's going to take some time. It's going to take some time. What position does he play? I think he's a, uh, what is he, not a forward, defender, like a, maybe? 
He was like a winger. He might be yeah, a he's like one of them like winger types. Yeah, like winger. Because he can okay. he can kind of play. He's he's like Sam too. He can play the winger, play forward. So it really just depends on what's happening with Sam too, honestly. And I I told him like I can't believe everybody's decision right now is based off of his decision. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew Sanchu has that much power that people are not making a move until they know what he's making? So. Yep. What you thinking, Mogi? No, uh, I think, it, I mean, Dortmund, they don't miss when it comes to young talent. Um, that I think Dortmund's definitely going to force a Sancho sell. You know, they, have, they already have, like, ideas of what they want to do. So for them to spend that much money, obviously, they spend more than they did on Haaland, like, to get this guy. So. They, they rate him highly. I just think it's interesting that, you know, this young talent from England is coming to Germany. Like, that's the new model. Um, and then they go back to England for twice or three times a back. So um, it's a it's a note to England. Like, yo, play, play your top talent. Like, Phil Foden is not even still getting – he's getting, like, garbage minutes where Sancho, he went to Dortmund, did his thing, now he's going to come back and, uh, you know – uh, really, really raised the level. So for Jude, um, he's already been proven. You know, he's been doing his thing at Birmingham City for quite some time. Um, Dortmund's just going to give him some better experience, Champions League experience, and, uh, you know, a new mentality. So I think he's going to do fine. I think – I'm not sure he's going to be, like, the next great hope, but I know he's going to do fine. I'm confident. It's a great development team. That's one thing I would yeah. say. So he's – so that's why I said it's going to take time for him because it's – he's – like you said, he has already proven himself. But from a development side, he's going to get even better. Yeah. That's one thing that I will say. And I tell players all the time, like, if I had a son, I'm, I'm sending them to Germany or um, Belgium at, like, 12 to get <laughs> developed. Straight yeah. up. Because I don't even – I'm like, the kids that come out of those um, – out of, like, Bundesliga, uh, Belgium, Holland, amazing. Really great development. And also to your point, Amobi, about England, right? It's it's kind of like what we're saying about America here with the women's league and like even for some of like MLS and some of these the men players here. It's like we gotta figure out how to keep our talent. Yeah. I think um similar to Jude, if he didn't go to Borussia, there was another player that they were going after who's also in England. Not from England, but he was he's playing in England. Same age. Um, my God, my young guy, Jaden, Jaden Brake, who's said to be like the next Sam True, who they would have put to, they would have made an offer for him too. Well they did initially, and um Man City did the smart thing and said, Okay, since Leroy left, it would be smart to move him to the yeah. first team. Yeah. Instead of having another Sam True situation to where he goes, and he goes to the same squad, right? Like, yeah. that, that would, like, eat them up inside. So that was smart on their part to keep him so that, okay, now he's out of it. So the, the only other person is Jude. And I think they also had um, and Sue uh, uh, Fati as well. But he's not My leaving country Barcelona. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's not leaving Barcelona. So <laughs> it's like Jude was pretty much the only thing left. Well, Maybe Greenwood too, but that's a whole nother. That's nah, a whole Greenwood not going anywhere. It's a whole nother situation. It's a whole nother situation. But, um, but I agree. It's, it's gonna take time, but we're gonna see. I feel like he's definitely gonna produce well for sure. Yeah. On, on that topic of Jaden Sancho, um, so it looks like the deal between Dortmund and Manchester City might be almost. I mean, Manchester United might might almost be over the line. Um, 
We're hearing that the fee is around 101 million, but it's not confirmed yet. I know Jaden, um, like articles have come out that he's homesick and ready to get back. So, uh, do you think man you gets the, gets the deal done? Yeah, uh, Jaden's tired of flying his barber out to uh, Germany. <laughs> yeah, he he's coming. He's coming back home, and he's coming back home and doing a little dig to Man City. He's coming back to Man U. Um, yeah, him Greenwood on the wings, Marshall up top, or Rashford. Actually, yeah, Marshall's gonna have to do something, or they're putting uh, <laughs> Sancho inside. Rashford, Sancho, and Greenwood on the wings. Young England talent, Man U. That's like that's like a. FA's dream, like one of those historic clubs have like young England talent, like leaving the front lines. You can't, you can't really beat that. So um, they're going to do, they're going to do what they need to do. That's, what is that? 06 Miami Heat? D-Wade, um, LeBron, Chris, Chris Bosh. It's, it's that group right there. It's like that trio. The big three, huh? Yeah. Yeah, the big three. The big three trio. Like that. Or if you're taking your Paul Pierce and your Kevin Garnett, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's like that. Where it's like, damn, we gotta go up against these guys. Um, yeah, as far as Sanchu making that move, I'm I'm with it. I've said it before. I, I, it's not a bad move. Um, no, people don't ask me because you know I do work with him, but I'm not telling what the decision is because I don't. I really don't know. It hasn't <laughs> it hasn't been told to me. But conversations that were had with him it was like I get it you want to go back home and, and it only makes sense because he's been there for some years and it's it's the right opportunity however I could play devil's advocate and say well he could also wait another year and oh, mainly be, because of COVID because and of because COVID, of Champions League too we don't know Champions League and the fees too right because if, if Man United is complaining about these fees and it's like the only reason why is because of COVID because if it wasn't for that they probably would have paid like one thirty and been like, "All right, we'll we'll bring them in. Yeah. We'll pay the one thirty. We'll get this deal done. We're not gonna wait." But then that also leaves room for maybe like two other clubs, maybe like Chelsea to try to get him. But I I don't see him as much as I like Chelsea. I don't see him fitting in there. I feel like he would do very well with Man United. So it's really up to Man United, honestly. If they if they really want him now, they can, you know, make something happen. Um, and if not, if I'm him, I would stay put and wait a year. Wait another year. Yeah. I think I think he's doing it. I think I think it's happening this summer. But it's not really up to him. Right? Yeah, that's true. It's up to them. So if it's it's really Man United that everybody's waiting on. It's up to them. They could put out a thousand articles. But if you leave it open for too long and let another opportunity come that would actually be better, shit, it might switch up the whole situation. Because yeah. Chelsea can probably be like, we'll give you 150. Might be like, yeah. all right, it's still back home, and it's even closer to home. So it'd be like, bump it, I'll take it. Because it's either going to be Chelsea. Where is Chelsea getting United. all this money from, yo? They've been <laughs> chilling there, transfer window. Like, where are they getting all this money from? We had that little, we had that FIFA Fair Play took took us out from summer windows, and then now we good. We saved up. Listen, that money's coming. You need to be worried about your Arsenal team and your Atlanta team. I am both, worried. Both of your teams are <laughs> I don't know. You know, I'm starting to think, I don't know if you like a jinx or something, because the two teams, Atlanta United, Arsenal, I don't know. I don't know. Let's not jinx it. We got, we got, we got FA know, Cup coming. Let's not jinx it. I'm not going to start any mess. I'm not worried facts, about facts. Arsenal. I'm worried about Arsenal's. 
spending ability. I'm not worried about Atlanta United's spending ability. I'm worried about their coaching what? situation. <laughs> so you see it too? Yeah, one, one we got spending, we, one is the coach we have US. players that we have players in Atlanta if under the right system, they'll kill it. Right? And you know, at Arsenal, players may not be there, but we have the right coaching. You can see, you see what Arteta's done, right? With the players that we have. Like if we if we get the players that we want, I think we'll be competing within like the next year or two. But we need we need we need money from up top because we're not we're we're not making any type of European competition this year. So there's no bread there. So well, we're gonna need the investment. What, what the low, low, with, um, lowest Aubameyang was talking. They just they, they offered him a raise. They offered yeah. him a raise three fifteen a week. Lowest since um, ninety five. Tom Hens in wow. front of y'all for four years in a row. It's just, it's scary times for Arsenal. <laughs> look, look. I, I think I think Alba's gonna sign, but but he said he wants to make sure David? that this, no Aubameyang Alba. Oh, I, I think he's David from uh, Bayern Munich. I'm like I heard some rumors too, but oh Al but, Alaba, no no no. But not um not <laughs> not that uh, one. Not not Arsenal. Yeah, no, he's coming definitely to not Chelsea. Arsenal. Nah. Nah, I, I think I, I, I think he was even trying to go to United or possibly Liverpool, but he might just end up staying. Though he's just gonna end up staying in, in, in Bayern Munich. That's a good squad too over there. So, nah, Aubameyang Aba, Aba, just wants assurances. He just wants assurances that we're gonna sign players. So, I think I, I think I think <laughs> if he gets that assurance, he'll he'll resign. Would be good. I think Lacazette might be on his way out. We gotta take it while take it while we can. We're getting offers for him, so we need we need that money. You know what I mean? We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, do what we gotta do. So speaking of Arsenal, um, we are a shining light in our season. Is we're in the FA Cup final against uh, a Moby squad, Chelsea. Final. Um, <laughs> so you know, but you know, we the kings of the FA Cup. Like that's that's where yeah, we that's show your, up, that's, right? That's, that's y'all's trophy. I'm that's not our going. competition. Anyways, anyways, I'm a Chelsea fan. <laughs> Um, so we're gonna see. So let's do let's do score predictions. I'll let y'all go first. Well, hopefully Lampard, you know, everyone's uh so tough because you got FA Cup and you got the last league match. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm willing to sacrifice FA Cup to make sure we're in Champions League. But these guys are strong enough. You got you gotta you gotta play you gotta play who you're gonna need to play. Do you know if Conte's gonna be back? We need him. We need to make sure he's he's ready Facts. to go. But um, I got Chelsea 2-1. 2-1. He said 2-1. I say 3-2. Mm. 3-2 Chelsea. Yep, 3-2 Chelsea. Yeah, I'm going to go 2-1 Arsenal, obviously. I'm taking Arsenal. <laughs> um, yeah, 2-1. Yeah, I got 3-2. We'll see. I think, see. I, think, I think Chelsea's too focused on making Champions League. Yeah, that's that's. I, that's, I think that's, that's where they, that's, 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 that's where the head yeah, is gonna be true. at. Yeah, that's where the money is. So I think, you know, I'll that's take the trophy. Man. Yeah, I something. told you those sleep. That's the power of this game. You never know, cause we that's could be true. thinking that, but they could come in and be like, "Listen, we knocking this out, and we focused on you know Champions League." So, but then Look. Arsenal can come and bring and, and bring something different too. So we're we're a very weird team. Like that, indeed. You see what happened with Liverpool City, indeed. And then and, I was just like, oh. <laughs> and then we shit the bed against Villa, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like 
a very weird team, you know. Yeah. We'll get the, we'll get the brakes beat off of us in the regular season when it comes to a trophy on the line. Like we we happen to show up. So except for last year in the Europa. Europa I got yeah. Finals, I got Chelsea two one. David Luiz mistake. Pulisic goal. Yeah. Three two. We'll see. All right, two two one Arsenal. All, All right, right, so off. We get we gonna get off that. Um, <laughs> So, so, so we'll, we'll get back to the topic of investment. Um, so, we have, so American firm Redbird Capital buys an 85% stake in Toulouse. Um, so the American investment firm um, has agreed to buy 85% in the struggling French soccer club. Um, so what are your thoughts on American investment in European soccer? We've had a lot over the years. Um, the guy that owns the, the what's it, the... Um, not the comments. Are they called the comments? Damn, I can't. Classic team out of New York. Cosmos, Cosmos. Cosmos, oh, yeah. Yeah, the owner of the Cosmos bought Fiorentina um, mm-hmm. a couple years ago. Of course, you have um, the Red Sox group ownership in Liverpool, um, the yeah, Cronkies yeah, in back, Arsenal. Back, back. So, but like they're, we're starting to see a lot more um, American investment over in European soccer. So, like, what do you guys um, thoughts on that? Especially like in Italy, too, some of those clubs. Um... I think it's good. I think it's smart. I think it's smart. If I'm an if I'm an American, and we're talking about not you know soccer in America, but we're talking about football, the game of it. Why not go to where it you know like it's it's hot. That's that's where it's at. So I think it's a smart a smart investment. Um, I just wonder if it could be reciprocated a little bit more. So like if those European investors could really start investing into like the women's league, the USL. Um, I'm not buying my less because I mean, Don is about his money though, but we'll see. But I think it's a smart, I think it's a smart move. It, it's a good play. Yeah, you're only going to see more of it. Uh, I know on hand, I remember when the Redbird team, they were actively looking um, and then to, to see him less than a year later do that deal um there's there's a lot of private equity firms looking to get into the european soccer realm because it's not only cheaper but the you can get instant returns you know say to a loose gets promoted back to the first team or sorry first league that's instant tv revenue if your team gets promoted to champions league or europa league that's instant tv revenue and you have more flexibility in what you want to do so instead of like having to minimum $300 million to get into MLS, why not pay out, pay some debts or capital markets or whatever to own the majority stake of a, of a European team. So um, I think we're only going to see more of it. Um, there's, there's unique plays around owning a European soccer team. So uh, I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes. And uh, if anyone needs like a like a Lauren from Billions, like that uh, that relationship <laughs> person for the these accent. deals, I'm your guy. <laughs> Let me know. Yeah, uh, that's it. All right, cool. So let's get into our favorite part of the show: no card, yellow card, red card. Uh, for those who aren't familiar, it's a rapid fire segment of the show where we uh, get our guests' opinions on some minor topics that are worth noting. So. Um, for those not familiar with the rules, no card, um, 
so it goes along with the rules of the game. So no card is, I agree, allow it. Yellow card is it's a foul. Um, it can go either way. I agree, maybe or maybe I don't agree, but I'm not I'm not totally condemning it. Um, red card is obviously foul. You're out the game. Is I don't agree. I'm not with it. So we'll get into the first one. Um, no card, yellow card, red card. Cancellation of this year's Ballon d'Or um, trophy award. Uh, red card for me. You got it. That's that's too classic. You got to keep that. Um, everyone else, every player has had to adjust um, with the current situation. Uh, I can understand because some leagues um, have had to cancel like completely or like suspend their season or end their season short. But those leagues really no players from those leagues are really in contention. Um, I know they could have like suspended or like postponed it, you know, wait for Champions League and all that. But yeah, I feel like in, in, in light of the situation, you got to keep you got to keep a traditional monument like that. And um, yeah, I, I, I'm excited. I would have been excited to see like who they would have picked based on what ha what's transpired over this year, you know. So I'm going to give that a red card. Yellow card. I'm going to give it a yellow card um, because I have two ways about it. I agree that it could have been canceled. And then I agree that you, I mean, obviously because of health issues, you know, but then you could have done it virtually. I would have kind of loved to see what that looked like. But I'm going I'm to give it a yellow card. Yeah. Yeah, and even if it was a case of like, oh, the seasons seasons didn't get to play out. Like they could have tallied up to the point where where everybody had to stop. Like yeah. who who was in the lead, who was you know killing it? Because I think either way, eleven would take it home. So there's an opportunity to grab one, and they canceled. You know, he had one of the, one of the best seasons. Exactly. They, they canceled the competition on him, so he can't even. Can you get the MVP trophy? You know, this would have been like this would have been a really cool way for them to like get innovative and like include like fans involved or something like try to like make something unique around the Ballon d'Or because of what had happened. But you know, I I feel like they dropped the ball with this one. Yeah. yeah. All right. Next up. Next up, yellow card or no card, yellow card, red card. Um. Frank Lampard complains about Liverpool's bench uh, doing a lot of a lot of yapping on the sideline in his last game. So uh, his, he commented, fair play to Liverpool Football Club. They've won the league, but also don't get too arrogant with it. Uh, yeah, so I saw that clip. I, I'll give it a yellow card. I mean, obviously, you got to take in light of the situation. Like, Liverpool, they're, like, on top form right now. They're the first team. They won Champions League. They, um... What they do, they uh, won the Premier League after like that that long of a drought. So, yeah, they're gonna be boastful, especially because there's like a lot of banter back and forth. Um, so, for me, I I'm only giving a yellow card. Like, obviously, there's some respect to the game that you have to take note of, but I I'm I'm all for like trash talking as as long as you keep it respectable. No like no like insults. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, that's a yellow card. It's not it's not a problem for me. Obviously, talking mess against Chelsea, but nah. Okay. Mm, 
no cards. I'm yeah. gonna say no cards on, on that one. I can rock with that. Like that's why I love basketball so much because you like talk mess and like nothing, no like that's what like, that's good. Like you need that. I feel like you need more of that in soccer. It's like too nice almost sometimes. Yeah, it's too, too much nice. decorum in soccer. Too, yeah. nice. too much, too like, much, and it's, it's it's too many sensitive people. Yeah. No, seriously, because <laughs> no, no, I saw something. I saw something today, and you know sometimes when I'm on Twitter or social media, I have to remember like. Okay, I'm I'm tweeting because I'm tweeting as like a fan, or I'm tweeting as just a person who's very passionate about the sport. But I also have to remember, like, I'm a licensed agent, so I got to be careful what I say before I get yeah. into a Twitter war with a player <laughs> who I don't even represent. Because I'm like, man, you're being too sensitive. Like, you know, um, I just said that about it. It was something that happened with a, with an MLS player, um, and it was said that he did a dirty move. Oh, and another player I remember that. wanted oh, to I remember. kind of. All of a sudden, speak up like he always does when it's when it's like inconvenient. You know what I'm saying? Because it's not relevant for him. But that person just came out of nowhere and said something. I'm like, bro, that's not even your team. Like I get it, you want to, you know, solidarity and all that. But that's not even your team. You wasn't even playing. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. You have a comment about that. That's how he play. Like that's a European kid. You can't tell him like, you know, his move like. It's a lot. It's a lot of sensitivity. But yeah. to that question, no cards with that. No cards. <laughs> yeah. No cards. Because they're going to get me fired up right now. Just <laughs> just thinking about that tweet, I'm like. Oh, I bro. forgot about that. I should have added that to no card, yellow card, red card. <laughs> and it's, it's a good thing because, yeah. No cards. Yeah. yeah, we don't want to get Maggie in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> right we, we need them deals to keep flowing. Yeah, facts. <laughs> I mean, gotta get these players, you know, their their opportunities. So that's why I gotta also remember that too. I'm like, man, I'm like, no, nah, let me just not. Yeah. Anything. What you think about it, L? Um, I'm I'm with Maggie. Like, like they're too sensitive. Like, there's too much decorum <laughs> in the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like there shouldn't be a question of if a player who transferred away from a team is gonna, you know, celebrate when he scores on them. Like. I scored for my team. I'm celebrating. Yeah. You know why? I gotta, why do I have to <laughs> not celebrate? Because because you're my former team. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, it's, every day, B. <laughs> every day, B. People so score goals. Their teams win all the time. Like that's that's the sport. And if you can't uh, handle it, like come on. Yeah. How many times did LeBron, you know, get get fired up, or people got mad at him because he played on his or he dunked on his former teammate? It happens. You gotta have heart to play sports. Yeah. Sport. Once you, you cross the line, we're not friends. Right. right, and you can't take it personal, but you gotta, you just gotta know like it's a sport. But I don't know. Well, I don't know. Well, no, that's that. Yeah, so I mean, I feel like oh, whenever Maggie comes on, we can like we can podcast for hours. But uh, that's <laughs> no, it for our show. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Man. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me on. Um, really appreciate it, man. We, we we talked about some good stuff. And um, I think to the point when I was talking about the evil and Goria situation with expansion, that's what I forgot to mention that um, not even the Austin place, but maybe like San Antonio would be a cool market for um, women. And I think that's where she's from. That's, yeah. that's where she's from. So when you think about the basketball community that's there, but it's a huge, huge right. soccer community. 
Latin community that that is from San Antonio. I ain't gonna front. Texas is that place. I've been thinking about relocating there sometimes, but then I'm like, mm, I don't know if I could deal with um the hurricanes and stuff. But <laughs> oh, yeah, Texas no hurricanes out here. It's a, it's a, Listen, uh, hurricanes, floods, no. whatever, oh, tornadoes. Tornado. You talking about Houston? Yeah. Everything. Oh, okay. You talking about Houston? Yeah. Yeah, I can't afford to have that. So Respect. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. Texas is, is the place though. But San Antonio, I think about it because I'm like, wait, Eva Longoria, that would be such a dope, a dope thing. I just wonder too, with the restrictions. I mean, I don't think she would. I think it's possible that she could have ownership in both teams, or at least help the city bring a team there, which would be amazing. I think that would be so dope. So yeah, that's a good play. I, I, I'm not sure Cause about... Because even MLS, because I didn't even think about MLS doesn't have um, a, a branch there either. So that would be Austin is too close. Cool. Yeah, Austin took it's it like, from San Antonio. It's like 40, it's like 45 hours, minutes. Like yeah, it's like 40. I can get to, I can get to San Antonio in like 45 yeah, minutes. Yeah, but still. Yeah. But, but, but we see it with basketball. Look, you got the Clippers and the Lakers playing in the same place. You know, the Chargers and, and the, um, the other Durant, squad playing Durant. the same. But yeah, so shouldn't be too bad. I don't know. I don't know their personal situation, but I know Tony Parker was talking about he needs, he wants to invest in a women's team. And now listen, even Longoria, they used to they used to go together. Yeah, so. I know. I know. Yeah. You know what? That would be so crazy because we didn't even think about that. Tony Parker. Yeah, but I don't really yeah, know their situation. So, but that's a good well, point. one of them could help. If any of y'all hear me, just give me my ten percent. That's all I ask for. <laughs> we can work that out. Absolutely. But thanks again, Maggie, friends of the family, of friends of the Two Cents family. Uh, that's our show for this week. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. It helps us get discovered. Follow us on the socials at Two Cents FC. Check out our merch at twocentsfc.shop. It helps us support the show. Uh, tweet us your comments on the show and any topics you want me or L to discuss. Um, that's how we got to talk in expansion this week. Um, so we got a lot of time uh, every week coming at you live and direct. Um, so we appreciate you guys and uh, catch you guys next Friday. Thanks, Keith. Definitely. Thank you, guys.